This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So my, my, my teachers tonight, we're going to be teaching um, this month on understanding the, the gift of pastor. So to have a greater understanding of the gift of pastor. Their role and our responsibility. And so, so since I'm starting it off tonight, I'm going to really focus a lot on, 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 on their role and then some on our responsibility. But, you know, just as I was um, uh, getting ready to come up tonight, you know, I just love it when, when God has you go a little bit off your notes. So instead of the, the, the anchor scripture that I, I was going to use, turn the book to the book of Malachi. Turn to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Very familiar passage in, in Malachi. And because I know I have my, my time is limited tonight, I want to make sure that, that you all understand the, the key theme or the key message of this teaching tonight. So Malachi, chapter 3, starting with verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So just take it to heart that the Lord is still the Lord. He is still sovereign. And He has not changed. There has been a change, but God has not changed. There's been a change in leadership, but God has not changed. And throughout the teaching tonight, some of the things that you should have going over and over in your head is that as it was with our founding pastor, so it is with our pastor, Pastor Hill. As it was with our founding pastor, so it is with our pastor, Pastor Hill. Because God doesn't change. He knew exactly what we needed. He knew exactly what we needed. And He made provision and place. Who, he need, who we needed to have in place in this time. So our desire is for you to come to an understanding of the, the gift of pastors so that, so that your transgressions so that your transgressions can be covered. I mean, I know you say you say, but you know, are your actions showing that? So that your transgressions can be covered. And your prayers will no longer be hindered. And your, and your prayers will no longer be hindered. This is not, this is not a, you know, we're not trying to gain brownie points with, uh, with Pastor Hill. We, our concern is, is, is for you, is for this congregation, that your transgressions would be covered and that your prayers would no longer be hindered because you, you, you fail to understand the gift of pastor. Now, what is the pastor? In Scripture, when we look at the word pastor, it speaks of an overseer. It speaks of a, a shepherd. It speaks of an, an elder. The, the Greek word is... Episcopos. Episcopos. And it's someone that has been delegated, administrative, or supervisory responsibility for a specific area. And so understanding to get the pastor, understand that, that they have been delegated. This, this, they've been delegated this responsibility. That they are not the authority in and of themselves. But they have been delegated this authority. They've been delegated this responsibility. And, you know, a lot of people, want, they, want, they, want to, they want to get weird and, uh, and try and place their pastor in a place where a pastor shouldn't be placed. You know, the pastor has a specific area of responsibility, right? They're not telling you what car to purchase or who you need to marry. The pastor has a specific 
area of, dele of, of delegated authority. And so understanding, in order to understand the gift of pastor, you know, first of all, we need to understand the giver. If you want to understand the gift, first you need to understand who's given the gift. If you fail to recognize where the gift is coming from, you might, you might undervalue it. You might take it the wrong way and think that someone is trying to be a lord over you. But you've got to understand the giver. So to get the pastor, first of all, to get the pastor, it is, it's freely given. It's freely given. There's no, there's no price tag that you can put on the gift of pastor. There's no enticement or perk that you can give to the gift of pastor. You know, I, I, I sometimes wonder how in times past I would hear pastors saying that, 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 uh, that they were run out of a city or that they were run out of a congregation because the people, the people, the people, the people. Well, God knew who those people were when he put you there. God knew who those people were when he put you there, and he puts you there for those people. So how can a pastor say that? Well, because of the people, I had to change, or I had to... No, God knew who the people were. There, you, can't, you can't, with your gifts, you can't buy a pastor. You cannot buy a pastor. There's no enticement. There's no, there's no jet plane. There's no automobile stipend. There's no housing stipend that you can use to buy a pastor. No, Pat, don't, that, that's not a real pastor. If you bought a pastor, then you can sell a pastor. Right? Then they're just a commodity. Then whose pastor, who's, whose servant are they? Are they God's servant? You, you need a pastor that is God's servant, not your servant. You need a pastor that's hearing from God. So there's no, there's no enticement of perk that's sufficient. You know, a pastor is ordained by the Father. The gift of pastor is ordained by the Father. It's given by the Son, Jesus Christ. And, this, uh, and the pastor is under the authority of the Holy Ghost. They are empowered to do what they do by the Holy Ghost. You know, without the Holy Ghost, the pastor couldn't do what they do. Without the Holy Ghost, the pastor could not stand up Sunday after Sunday and hear complaint after excuse, and give challenge after teaching after word, and see that word just fall on hard ground instead of taking root into the hearts. And hear people make, and people whine and complain. You know, without the Holy Ghost, the pastor couldn't do what they do. And so that's why the, the gift of pastors, ordained by the Father, he spoke it. He said, this is what you need. I'm going to give you pastors after my own heart. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3. It's given by the Son. He who descended, he also ascended, and he gave gifts. And they are under the authority of the Holy Spirit. They are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah chapter 3. Starting at verse 12. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord. And I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful. You gotta, you gotta take note of that. It says, "For I am, I am merciful." It's his characteristic. Saith the Lord, I will not keep my anger forever. And so, in understanding the giver, you have to understand that the gift of pastor is according to his mercy. He gives us pastors according to his mercy. Because we were backslidden. Because we had failed to turn to him and had turned to our own lust. 
The gift of pastor is, a, is an expression of the Lord's mercy towards us. The gift of pastor is an expression, it's according to his faithfulness. It's according to his faithfulness. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. That's why you sons of Jacob are not, that's why you tricksters, you deceivers, you schemers. That's why you're not consumed. Go, go to verse 14, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. He says, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not your efforts. It's not your strength. It's not your abilities. When he says, I'm married to you, it says that he is trustworthy. He's dependable. He's faithful. He is unchanging. His face towards you doesn't change. He doesn't, he doesn't break a sweat. He saw what you were doing. He saw what you were thinking. He knew the very intentions of your heart. It didn't faze him one bit. Because he was married to you. He was committed to you. He is faithful. The one that gives us the gift of pastor is faithful. He is responsible for us. He is responsible for us. He knows what we need and he responded to that need. He knew what we needed and his hand was not short that he could not bring forth deliverance. That he could not bring forth the gift that we needed in this time. He is responsible for us. The gift of pastors, it's according to his faithfulness. You know, the gift of pastors also, it's according to his love. The gift of pastor, it's according to his great love. Just the next verse down, in verse 15, Jeremiah 3, verse 15. It says, and I will give you pastors according to my own heart. And they shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. It says, I'm going to give you these pastors. According to my heart, according to my characteristics, according to, to the great love that I have for you. But these will also be pastors that, that fashion themselves after my heart. That have my heart for you. They won't abuse you and use you and treat you as a commodity. These will not be pastors that will, that will keep unto themselves messages that will tickle your ears. Vain babblings and, and deceptions. Trying to, to lead you around the scriptures in confusion. Chasing after those things that, that, have, no, that have no bearing. That have no, no impact in your life. But you know what? I'm going to give you a pastor that's going to tell you just like it is. That's going to tell it to you just like you need to hear it. That's going to speak to you in terms that you will understand. That's going to speak to you so that you can not only that you can understand, but that you can run with the word. That you can take it and run with it and no longer be halt, no longer be lame, no longer stumble between your arguments and your opinions. But you can hold fast to that which is dependable, to that which is trustworthy. To get the pastors according to his purpose. It's according to his design and his intention for this body of Christ. We're going to read later, but to get the pastor is for this time. It's for this body. The gift that you have is for you. 
understand the giver. He didn't just give you something that he thought thought would just be nice to have, but he gave you what was essential for you. He knew what was essential for you. He had an intention in mind for you. You didn't just come walking up in here by accident. You came into this place by divine appointment. And the pastor that is here is the pastor for you. Woe unto you who seek to move your feet, who incline your ears to other voices, who, 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 who will turn on your, your, your Christian TV and your radio stations and open up your books and try and take counsel from somebody from somewhere else. You know, there's some things that you can do. And, you know, I, I had this, 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 this car. I don't have it anymore, thank God. It was, it was, a, it was a high-end vehicle that required special gasoline. And I was so happy to get rid of that car because every time I went to the pump, it required, you know, it had the normal amount. It required the higher amount. And you know what? You could try and put that cheap stuff in there. You could try and put that cheap stuff in there. But that would just mess up the engine. That's probably why I don't have it anymore. You know, some of you are trying to put that cheap stuff. You're trying to take that, that cheap word, that, that, that knockoff word, that inexpensive word. When God has for you exactly what you need, He has for you exactly what you need. He said, why is my life all, all knocking and pinging? Why are things just starting and stopping all the time? Why, why, is it, why aren't things running smoothly for me? Because what you need is here. It's in the gift of pastor that God has given to you. It's according to his provision. It's according to his provision. You know, I said before, you can't go, you can't buy the gift of pastor. You can't, you can't bribe a pastor. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, provide an offering and write the pastor. This is, this is, this is for the pastor on the back of your envelope. You know what, baby? They don't even care. All that goes into the office just gets sorted. It puts it in with the rest. It's all for meat for this house. You're not winning any, any points with your, with, your, with your special gifts and your special offerings. No, the, the, it's according to his provision. He knew what you needed. He is the provider. All he's asking you to do is to be obedient. He is the provider. He's just asking you to be obedient. To receive the word. To receive the seed into your heart and bring forth the fruits. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. You have, we have to understand the giver. If we're going to understand the gift of pastor, we have to understand where, where is it coming from. Where is this coming from? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. This is Jesus Christ. He is the one that ascended up on high. He led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Jump down to verse 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we know that, that the gift of pastor, it, it was ordained, it was spoken. You, you, you read in Jeremiah where he said, I'm going to give you these pastors. He, he ordained it. He declared it. And then we see here that, that Jesus Christ is the one that gave the gifts of the pastors. And the pastors are empowered 
their authority comes from the Holy Spirit. In understanding the gift of pastor, you have to understand the gift. You have to understand the gift. And a, and a significant part of that is you have to understand the calling or the burden of pastor. You know, a pastor that God has for you, you can't buy because the pastor has to be, they have to have a burden. They have to have a burden, a great weight on their heart. As they look to God and they look to you, they know where their place is. As they look to God and they look to his people, as they, as they love on God, and he shows how they, can, how they can better demonstrate their love towards him. That burden is on them. Go to Malachi chapter 1. To understand the gift of pastor, you've got to, you have to understand the burden. You have to understand the burden. Malachi chapter 1, I'm just going to read verse 1. And it says, The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. This word burden is also the, the, the oracles or, or what God has spoken to Malachi for Israel. Go to Nahum. I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit. Just turn, just turn some pages back. Nahum. It's in the Old Testament, just a few, a few chapters back, a few books back. Nahum chapter 1, verse 1. And this is the burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the El Koshite. The burden. Nahum had a burden. He had a, a word from the Lord. Go to Isaiah. You should know where Isaiah is. Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah chapter 13. Just starting with verse 1, it says, The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. So in each of these passages, you see that there was a burden, there was a calling, there was a deep desire. And I always wonder about these passages that say that they have a, a word for the world. You know what, we have a word for the world, but God gives us a word for a specific people, for a specific time. In each of these cases with Malachi, his burden was for a specific people. With Nahum, his burden was for a specific people. In the case of Isaiah, his burden was for a specific people. And yes, we are still blessed by the words that they wrote. But you know, that word was for them. They needed to hear that in that season at that time. As the pastor considers their love for God and their devotion towards him, they're weighed down by considering his people. Jesus, when, when he would... The people were coming to him. They were pressing for it just to touch his garments and to be healed. And he saw their confusion and he saw that they didn't have a leader. He saw that, they, that, that, they, that those, the Levites that should have been teaching them, were not teaching them the word. You know, it says that he wept. That he cried. 
Because where is the burden? Where is the burden? So in understanding the gift of pastor, in understanding the gift, you have to understand that they have a burden. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about a packed house. It's not about the numbers. It's not about mama's baby's brother's sister's cousin and family connections and ties. The burden is for the people of God. The burden is for the people of God. Those that would hear the word of God in this place at this time. You know, to call into the perfected ministry it has to be it has to be desired. It has to be desired, but it's never taken on hastily. It's never taken on hastily. No one has to force you to become a pastor. No one has to force you to become a, a part of the perfecting ministry. You should desire it, but it should never be taken on hastily. The calling to oversight, because there's a greater responsibility for those that would be in oversight. We said it's directed to a specific people and it's for a span of time. It's ever present before the eyes and it's a burden on the heart. Go to John chapter 9. I just want to illustrate to you what this burden is. These examples of the, the burden, the calling that's on the pastor. John chapter 9. This is, this is Jesus talking when he sees those that are, that, are, that are in need. Chapter 9, verse 4, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the, I am the, light of the world. He had that burden. Even from a young age, go back to Luke chapter 2. To Luke chapter 2. When Jesus is separated from his parents at a young age. Luke chapter 2 verse 49. And his parents find him and he's in, a, he's in a, a temple. And he says, and he said unto, unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Where were you looking for me at? Where could you have imagined that I would have been? What could you have imagined that I would have been doing? He couldn't imagine that he would be any place else. He couldn't imagine that he would be doing anything else. Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. The burden. The pastor answers to the one who called him. The Lord alone. Because the burden comes from the Lord, and it's not from you, the pastor answers to the one that called him. They answer to the Lord alone. Go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, this is Paul, he's, he's, he's teaching and he's instructing those that would be leaders after him. You know, the Lord doesn't change. He has a pattern that's set up where leaders teach leaders. They, they, they leave in place the instruction so that the next leader can step up and be in position. 
and be in place because you need a pastor. Acts 20, verse 28, it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over to which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. It says, Take heed to yourselves. The Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Pastors answer to, they only answer to the one that sent them. They answer to the Lord and to the Lord alone. They are accountable to the Lord and to the Lord alone. Because He is the one that gives them the Word. He is the one, he is the one that, 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 that gives them the message that you need to hear. You wonder, how is it that the pastor was able to speak that thing? I haven't even been showing any signs. I've been, I've been keeping it down low. I've been keeping it under wraps. But they spoke that word that, that seemed to penetrate and to address that specific need. It's because they answered to the one that sent them. They're not taking a survey of the crowd and saying, well, let, we need to have a women's message. We need to have a men's message. We need, a, we need a Latino message or an African-American. They, they answer to the one that sent them. And that's where the word comes from. Because that's what you need. You don't need a woman's message. You don't need a man's message. You don't need an African-American message or a Latino message. You need a word from God. So the pastor has to answer to God. Their face is always to him. It's always to Him. Their hearts are towards you, but their, their face is always to Him. The pastor is an in-sample. They are an in-sample. And I know that that word is archaic, but we've been, we brought it back in this ministry. The pastor is an in-sample. They are a pattern or a model to be imitated. The pastor... They present a pattern or a model to be imitated. It's no insult for someone to say, you know what, you sound just like your pastor. That's not an insult because they're putting forth a pattern and a model to be imitated. Go to 1 Peter. You have to understand, understand the gift. Understand the gift. They're, they're, they're an example for you. A model to be imitated. First Peter chapter 5, starting with verse 1. It says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder... And a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. This oversight is taken. Not, not, you, can't force, you can't force someone to be your pastor. You can't, you can't bribe them to be your pastor. Yeah. 
they, they have a specific task. They're not, they're not, they're not trying to, to rule over your life, but they're trying, to, they're trying to show you. They're trying to show you God's desire, His will. Not with words, but by modeling. Not with words alone, but by modeling what you should see, what you should aspire to. They are an ensample. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Y'all don't mind if we read scriptures tonight, do you? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Starting with verse 12. It says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And be at peace among yourselves. You know, knowing it represents a recognition. It represents understanding. It also represents a relationship. It represents an intimacy. It, it, it means that you can speak things into my life that maybe I would not have received from someone else. Maybe I would have taken offense if someone else had said it to me. But because I know what your heart is and I know that your face is always towards God, I'm going to allow, I'm going to allow you to correct me in that area. I'm not going to take offense. But I'm going to allow you to, I'm going to take the correction. And I'm going to apply the changes that are needed. It talks about receiving the word. And we said before that, that, that this word that's going forth, we can't receive it as, 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 as hard earth or as rocky soil. But we should receive it as good ground. That we take it in. In hearing the word and understanding it. And that we bear fruit. And that we bring forth abundant fruit. Hundredfold, sixty and thirtyfold. You can look that up in Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. That we receive the word and that we bear fruit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter nine. We need to understand the gift. Because the Lord he doesn't change. He does not change. The same why would he give you one gift one time and a different gift? He, he doesn't change. The gift that he gave you before was what you needed for that time. Was what you needed for the gift that you have now is what you need for this time. It's what you need for this season. One thing I wanted to bring out is that our pastor, Pastor Hill, she is not trying to finish out the work of our founding pastor. Don't be confused. Pastor Hill is not trying to finish out the work of our founding pastor. Our founding pastor, he completed his work. This is her work. This is her work. The Lord doesn't change. He doesn't change. He gives you the pastor that you need. 
in the time that you need that pastor. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 1. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? This is Paul addressing the Corinthian church about, about understanding the gift. He says, you all need to understand the gift. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I'm not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this. And he goes on, he talks about the rights and privileges of an overseer. But when we look at that word examine, when we, when we, when we examine something, to examine is to study thoroughly. It's to seek to learn the truth by a process of careful investigation. To study thoroughly, to seek to learn the truth by a process of careful investigation. And as I said before, as, as it was with our, with our founding pastor, so it is with our pastor, Pastor Hill. As his life was on display, her life is also on display. Examine, study closely. So that you won't be hindered. So that you won't be sidetracked by foolishness. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3. Starting with verse 1, it says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire for good work. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not guilty of filthy look, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient. Not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruleth his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach. In the snare of the devil. The Lord, he doesn't change. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. Blameless. Irreproachable. Above criticism. Above criticism. Above any railing accusations. Blameless. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is. With our pastor, Pastor Hill. Faithful in the marriage covenants. Faithful 
in the marriage covenant. Faithful in the marriage covenant. There should be no doubt in your minds. There should be no shadow of turning in your thoughts. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. Faithful in the marriage covenant. Self-controlled. Not given to extremes. But temperate in all things. Neither, neither, neither hot, neither hot-tempered, nor aloof and unable to empathize and to see your struggles. Declaring the word of God in the midst of your struggles, because of your struggles, because you need to hear the standard. Self-controlled. Not given to extremes. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. Skillful in teaching. Skillful in teaching. If you don't understand it, just keep coming and bring your Bible with you. Skillful in teaching. Skillful in teaching. Not only a teacher, but a teacher of teachers. Able to instruct the instructors. Skillful in teachings. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. Not addicted to anything. Sober minded. Not intoxicated with the things of this world. Not intoxicated with the things of this world. Don't get twisted about the shopping trip. She can take it or leave it. Don't get, don't get your mind wrapped around the store. She could take them or leave them. Not intoxicated, not addicted to the things of this world. Able to abound, also able to be abased. In whatever season, in whatever God has called her to. Able to feast, but also able to call a fast. It caused every one of you to marvel. To marvel. I didn't know I could even do that. I didn't even know it was, that was even that, that long. What? Not that. Any, not first thing in the morning. I can't have. Oh, what? What? Not intoxicated with this world. Able to take it or leave it. But her face is always towards God. Her face is always towards God. We're, as it was with our founding pastor. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. One that ruleth his own house. Continuing to exert authority. Over their adult children. Continuing to exert authority. Even over their adult children. Not letting anything slide. Not making excuses. Or allowances. But establishing God's standard. 
in the home. As it was with our founding pastor. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. Not a novice. She's not new to the game. Definitely not. Get it straight in your minds. She's seen all the tricks and the schemes. She knows all about you all. The smile on your face. Telling lies. You that say that you will, say that you will, say that you will. Baby, we want you to. But we're going to move on with God's purpose and God's plan. With God's purpose and God's plan. Not a novice, but knowledgeable in the Word. Able to apply the Scriptures. As it was with our founding pastor. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. Of good report outside the house of God. Even those that are not a part of the covenant. There's no, there's no fault that they can find in her. There's no accusation that they can make. There's no charges pending. There's no investigations pending. Of a good report. As it was with our founding pastor. So it is with Pastor Hill. So it is with Pastor Hill. And so what's our responsibility? We've understood the, the giver, where the, where the gift of pastor comes from. We brought some insight into the gift that is not, it's not because of you. It's a burden. It's a burden for these people at this time. It's not to please you, but to please the Lord. So what's our responsibility? Now that you've examined, now you need to identify. Now that you've examined, you need to identify. Because that's what precedes atonement. Go to Leviticus chapter 1. Go to Leviticus chapter 1. And I find it so instructive that, that when we look in the book of Leviticus, the very first thing that it talks about in chapter 1, verse 1, is it talks about this sacrifice of atonement, this burnt offering. It talks about this sacrifice of redemption, this sacrifice that is needed for us to have our sins covered. Just look at verse 3. It says, If this offering be a burnt offering sacrifice of the, of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. That goes to examination. That goes to close scrutiny. He shall offer it of his own voluntarily will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And here we are with our responsibility. And he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him 
to make atonement for him. Identifying with the lamb. Identifying with the burnt offering. Placing your hand upon the head of that offering. And just know that that offering is Jesus Christ. Identifying with him says that the sins that I have, the corruption that was in me, is now placed on him. And by identifying with that sacrifice, by identifying with that offering, now I can have my sins taken away. Now there is redemption, there's payment for my transgressions. Say, what, what are you talking about, Brother Ebhar? Are you talking about that we're identified with Christ? I've identified with Christ. I've identified with Christ. Well, how can you say that you've identified with Christ when you haven't, you've yet to show the honor that is due to the pastor, to the gift of pastor? How can you say that you've placed your hands on the sacrifice when you have yet to show the honor and the reverence that is due to the gift? Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Matthew chapter 10. This is Jesus talking. These are red letters, so it's no, it's no joke. It says, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. How can we say that, that, that we've put our hands on, this, on the sacrifice? How can we say that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we don't receive the one that he sent, his gift to us? Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Second Chronicles, chapter 20. I'll just read it for you. My time is running short. Just the, the latter part of that says, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. It's impossible to say that you believe in the Lord your God. And you don't believe his prophets. You don't believe the one that has the word of God for you. So what do we need to do? What's our responsibility? We need to break up the fallow ground in our hearts. Break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Cut away. Cut away. Cut away your lust. Cut away your endings. Cut away your arguments and your disputes. Take on the mark of one that is in the covenant, of one that is in relationship, of the one that the Lord is married to, the one that he is married to, that he has provided for, that he is responsible for. Break up your fallow ground. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. 
Jeremiah chapter 4. Break up your fallow ground. Jeremiah chapter 4. Start with verse 1. It says, If if thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me, and if thou wilt put away thine abominations out of my sight, then then shalt thou not remove. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. He is the Lord. He doesn't change. We don't worship a dead God. We worship worship a living God. We worship a living God. And we see his we see his life in truth, in truth, not opinions, not even facts, but in truth, and that which is unchanging, and that which is unshakable, and that which is a sure foundation that can be built upon in judgment, for he is long suffering and his mercy. Is extended unto us. But truly, He will judge. Truly, He will judge. In righteousness. According to His standard. According to His ways. Not our ways, but according to His standard. And the nations shall bless themselves in Him. And in Him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah in Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. And sow not among thorns. Now what is fallow ground? Fallow ground is that hard packed earth. That has been walked on, that's been, that's been, that's been stepped on, that's been trampled underneath. We'll call it impervious land cover. The rains can't even get to it. They can just barely scratch the surface, but they can't penetrate and get down into it. That's what we call fallow ground. Farmers will leave a portion of their fields fallow so that, that, the, that, that the soil could rejuvenate itself and that, that nitrates could build up underneath and it could become ready and prepared for the season of planting. But the farmer, he couldn't go out there and just cast seeds upon that fallow ground. He needed to go out with the plow. He needed to break up that ground. He needed to provoke that ground. To stir it up. To shake it out of its current condition. To disturb it. So it would no longer be complacent. So it would no longer be idle, but it would become active and ready and able to receive the seed. It says, break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow And sow not among thorns. 
Get rid of your distractions. Those things that pull you away. Those things that suck away your time. Those things that choke the word of God. So not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. And take away the foreskins of your heart. He said, we can't, we can't wrestle with the flesh anymore. We can't try and appease the flesh anymore. It's got to be crucified. It's got to be cut away. Cut away the foreskins of your hearts. Ye men of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. And just because we've been talking about it, verse 5, Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow to ye the trumpet in the land. Cry together. Cry. Gather together. And say, Assemble yourselves. And let us go into the defense cities. The word of the Lord goes forth. The word of the Lord is going forth. Will you not hearken to the sound? Will you not hearken to the sound of the trumpet? Gather yourselves in together and come in to worship. So that you don't have any credibility. You don't have any credibility at all. When you say that you believe in the Lord, but you refuse to submit to the one that God has placed in delegated authority. You have no credibility at all. Having examined, having examined the gift that God has placed among us, we need to put our hands back on that sacrifice. Don't take your hands off of that sacrifice. Don't take your hands off of the Lord Jesus Christ. Identify with Him. Find your, your identity in Him. Because you, if you identify with Him, then you know what? You will be able to take heed. And hear who he has sent. You'll be able to place yourselves under who he has sent. His gift that he has given unto us. Amen? Amen. You can stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.